This is El Teléfono Rojo. This is the sound of the water coming out from the tap. We use the water to drink, we use the water to bathe, we use the water to cook. But in Flint, Michigan, this water could kill you. been doing stunts here but you know and uh, this used uh, a filter um, you know the water around this table uh, you know, was plant water that was filtered and it just confirms uh, what we know scientifically which is uh, that uh, if you're using a filter if you're installing it uh, then plant water at this point is drinkable Four years ago, dirty water contaminated with lead started flowing from Flint's taps, causing sickness and death, while officials denied there was a problem. The water crisis in Flint, Michigan, was a story that had been unfolding for years. Children in Flint now have double, and in some cases triple, the levels of lead in their blood, and a federal emergency was declared. Melissa Mays says the ominous change in the water was particularly noticeable at that time. My youngest would tell me, Mom, it's yellow and it's a filmy, gross, foamy thing, and it would smell like open sewer. But we were being told we're still getting used to the new system. It's safe. It's okay. But it wasn't okay. Far from it. Flint's tap water was laced with dangerous levels of lead. The state knew about it and did nothing. People have dumped in this river forever. It's like we're in a cesspool. My tub, you should see it, it's brown. Would you drink that? Here's the plant. Plant. Here it is. I work at the Flint Journal. Um, It's the city's newspaper. This is Sarah Matt. Flint has always struggled economically, financially speaking. Um, It got so bad to the point where emergency managers had to come in. Emergency managers are people that are appointed to cities that are in debt and can't balance their budgets, essentially. You usually see salaries go down, uh, maybe like public rates go up, like water, stuff like that. Um, One of the biggest problems with Flint was that we were paying a lot of money for water and we couldn't afford it. So we were getting our water from Detroit. So in a measure to (laughs) cut savings, these emergency managers who were placed by the state basically said we should find another supply of water. They decided, well, we could just use the Flint water from the river, which is so polluted. We could just use that water and um, until that pipeline's basically built. So the emergency managers switched the water supply to the Flint River. The thing is, is they didn't think about how the water from the Flint River would react to their really old water pipes. The way that the water was acting caused it to corrode, 
which basically means that the material from the lead pipes was shedding or seeping into the water mm-hmm. and people's blood levels were tainted with lead. Their water was brown. Their kids were having issues, health issues. People were getting, their skins were being irritated. Hundreds, thousands of checks and double checks. Highest quality is the goal of America's largest motor car manufacturer. 5,162 inspections are made on the six-cylinder Chevrolet motor alone. Obviously, you're talking about, like, the automobiles being yeah. built here, the cars, that industry. General Motors. Yeah, General Motors. I think that I think that that's what Flint was known for, aside from the water crisis, right? The water being hmm. poisoned. It was, like, the city to be at one point in the United States. But it left Flint a while ago, and I don't think that people should hold on to the hope that the the car companies are going to bring back all of the jobs. Mm. I think that people are starting to want to adapt to other things. So one thing that they're focusing on is kind of rebuilding their downtown. Mm. They're providing more entertainment. They're trying to make it pedestrian friendly. They're changing their one ways that were specifically built to get people to and from the manufacturing companies. I know that the automobile industry played a significant part in Flint, and I think it always will be a part of its history, obviously, but I don't necessarily think that people are clinging on to the hope that that's what, or at least they shouldn't be, that's what's going to bring the city back. I think putting money into economic development downtown and making Flint more of a staple to visit than just to pass through is important. Hmm. Do the citizens of Flint trust their politicians or politicians in general? No. Not at all. No, I think they trust Karen Weaver, and that's not everybody. In general, I don't think that people in Flint trust politicians at all. I know that if I was a parent up there, I would be beside myself that my kids' health could be at risk. It is a reminder of why you can't shortchange basic services that we provide to our people and that we together provide as a government to make sure that public health and safety uh, is preserved. What about people like Obama or AOC? I saw them like addressing Flint problem a lot. I don't think they trust anyone. Anyone. You have to show that you're willing to change things and that you're doing things to make things better here. The people of Flint would trust someone after they see them make change. Hmm. I don't think people in Flint would trust someone for face value or what they're saying. Hmm you can come here and talk about it I don't yeah. think you can make like any if you you can talk about it all you want but I don't think that that's going to make the people of Flint trust you mm-hmm. if you come here and you do something to better their lives then I think they would trust you were there any political consequences no one has been prosecuted yet they're on trial right now I know that a judge just ruled that residents can sue Rick Snyder if they want to that was our former governor so that's kind of big news Where do you get your water from? Uh, we get our water from either the store in Gallons mm-hmm. or from um, basically like this kiosk where they fill five-gallon jugs. And yeah, our water is filtered. I think the place that we get it from is like 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure my roommate's the one that bought it last. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we don't, we don't drink out of the tap.
40 years ago, they, I think they received 2 million bottles of water. And this year, I think they'll be lucky if they receive 600,000. The problem exists. Oh, and they've reduced their, their, their drive-through days from five days a week, you know, Monday through Friday, to three, because they just don't have enough water to give out to the people. I'm Drew Fitzgerald, and I'm one of the co-founders of Just Water with Jaden Smith. Uh, Jaden and I launched a foundation called 501c3, and it is about uh, the engineered solutions towards energy, food, water, and public health issues, or mitigating climate change-related issues. What we did in Flint is we wanted is that's an extra small solution. So we knew we knew that we could engineer uh, a device that could go in and help a specific discrete set of people in that market, right? If there's enough money and there's enough willpower and there's enough boots on the ground, you can you can really attack uh, a variety of issues. But we didn't really know how to enter into that community. Part of it was, hey, how can we fix the problem? But a, a lot of the problem in Flint is very political. Um, the community, it's been around so long, it's been around for, since 2014, and the citizens uh, have a lot of mistrust. They don't believe any of the things that they're being told. They don't believe in any of the leadership. Um, they haven't seen progress. They don't really know what to think. So we knew that we needed to not just be able to create, you know, engineer a box that could reduce lead and take out any, any contaminants. We really got fascinated with a group, uh, a group at a, a surrounding a Baptist church, First Trinity Missionary Baptist Church in Flint. Since the water crisis happened, five days a week, people would line up at this church, and the deacons, the people that kind of are the helpers uh, of the pastor, you know, from about eleven in the morning to about until the water runs out for that day, they would they would load bottled water in people's trunks, and they would drive away. It was like a water drive-through. Their mission changed from one of just pure spirituality to spirituality and hey we're almost a water logistics company Jaden and i flew out to flint kind of quietly you know because Jaden, you know certainly you know raised questions if people see him and we just asked to meet with them we had a we had a great meeting and we sat and we said listen how what what would be the best thing to do before we go and we start engineering how can we help you the best and we we went through Talk to them. You know, they, they were very excited to meet Jaden. But these people have been in this market and they've had celebrities reach out and try to do something. You know, companies and corporations reach out. And, and sadly, they've said they've experienced more than enough of people that were just trying to maximize their own PR instead of really helping. Obviously, we wanted nothing to do with that. And we wanted to be true to our word. So we, we sat down and we, we walked through how they operate their water distribution service. And we designed, we realized something had to be light, had to be portable, had to be easily accessible, had to be teachable so that the deacons, you know, weren't, you know, they're not engineers, how they could easily understand how the machine works and how to repair it. But really most important is when we came, you know, I didn't realize this, but when we came back from Flint the right time, I learned about so much skepticism and mistrust that nobody believes anything anyone's telling them about how, what the quality of the water is. So we were like, okay. Not only do we need a machine, we need a testing. We obviously want to test the water and we want a testing regimen. We want the people in Flint to test the water themselves and take their word for it. And so it was really important for us to create not just a you know, machine that can reduce lead and microbiologicals, but it was really important to have the ability for the deacons to test the water for lead. They also created a website where people could go and check the water quality. But of course, Flint has other issues. Usually when you get into environments like this, there's um, a perfect storm of issues. 
if you went to Flint in 1970, it was a very thriving, beautiful community, you know, on the up and up. General Motors is, you know, pretty much employing every single person who lives in that community. And with that comes, you know, all the ancillary things, you know, men need suit shops and shoe shops and a place to eat, you know, and all the economies that thrive around an industry that has significantly dried up, as you know, with the shift of where automotive manufacturing has gone. So economically, you know, that's not necessarily related to, to the, the water crisis, but it's not wholly in part separated because as the economy starts to slow and starts to dry up and industry starts to leave, you have a community that starts to shrink, but also uh, needs to reduce its costs. And the whole reason that the Flint water crisis was a problem was because they tried to save money by going to a cheaper water source and that cheaper water source was highly contaminated and that caused the problem. So you, I guess you could, you could look at the Flint situation as an economic shift that transpired over the last 20 years, slowly and surely. And it led to making a very bad decision, but I feel like it's kind of on the mend. I think that there's a younger generation that's hmm. committed to Flint because it's a really cool place. Um, and the people are amazing. And it, there's, there's a lot of collegiate sort of activity there. And, I, I feel I, I feel optimistic for Flint being on the mend. Mm. Um, what was the people's reaction after knowing about your water books? We wanted to kind of very, very slowly go into this market. And then we invited people into the community very quietly to come in and ask questions and for us to show them the box. And so that was the right way to do it. It was, it was smart rather than just rolling in and being like, Ta-da, here's a water box, here are the keys. We we really we really wanted to develop the relationship, so it's been it's been it's been incredibly positive across the board. Um, I, we've got very I don't very little pushback because uh, I think the way that we did it, which was to slowly work with the community to create a solution that the community can use to solve its own problems, was the right way in this scenario to approach it. So people in Flint have become our friends. Yeah, and, and, and you know you know so and they have and they've been given something that they can control. Do you think you are doing the job the local government or the government of Michigan should be doing? I mean, that's a, that's a tough issue. I think that the state and local officials in Michigan, I think, um, still have a lot of work to do, um, that the leadership has changed and it's going to be sort of, it's going to be a, a long road to fully eradicate what's happened. Do I think that government, do I think that state and local can still address and attack this? Absolutely. I think it has to. With our solution, it makes it a little bit better and it, and it gives people a little more esteem and it gives people a little more uh, validity and, and, and knowing what they're drinking is safe. Uh, it certainly is not a replacement for infrastructure. So I don't want to point fingers, but I certainly have a lot of questions. But there was some kind of dysfunction with the government of Michigan or the government of Flint. Oh maybe? my God. Oh, wholeheartedly, yes. Yeah, there was a decision made by very few people to say we are we cannot afford to have the water that comes from this region, which is clean and tested, and we are going to go for it. We're going to save money. By doing so, they didn't really tell anyone, and people had been drinking this water for a significant amount of time, and they had very high lead levels, and it also had very high uh, microbiological levels, which creates Legionnaire's disease, of which fatalities existed. Absolutely. I mean, this was a backroom deal um, to save money, and it wasn't looked through, but it was certainly idiotic, mm. uh, and it was done It was done very hastily, and the repercussions have had fatalities. Uh, it's a failure of leadership, for sure. The majority of the people that were affected by 
this water issue were black communities. Oh, yeah. Environmental racism. In this case, this isn't a climate-related problem. It was a policy-related problem. But inherently, it was a water quality problem. And they're not completely mutually exclusive. When you start looking at the people that are going to be affected at this affected by climate events, which range from all manners of things uh, to you know asthma, flooding, migration, hmm. um, just sorts you know anything extreme water extreme weather events, it's disproportionately going to affect minorities. You start looking at Baltimore; it's, it's primarily African American, uh, and Puerto Rico. Um, these 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 four people are going to get continually get battered unless we start approaching this, uh, the rebuild of these places with resiliency of infrastructure and, um, all, you know, the ability of them to work off-grid, both from a water and a power standpoint. Hmm. So, all, yes, you're 100% right. The disproportionate affectation uh, is not going to affect upper-middle-class white people as greatly as it will affect others. Hmm. The problem in Flint was caused by politicians and will only be solved by politicians. People like AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, the congresswoman who is raising the voice against climate change with her Green New Deal, is one of the politicians that are bringing more hope to the people in the United States. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. You want to tell people that their concern and their desire for clean air and clean water is elitist? Tell that to the families in Flint whose kids, have their blood is ascending in, in lead levels. Their brains are damaged for the rest of their lives. Call them elitist. People are dying. This is serious. This should not be a partisan issue. This is about our constituents and all of our lives. Iowa, Nebraska, broad swaths, swaths of the Midwest are drowning right now underwater. This is about our lives. Science should not be partisan. We are facing a national crisis. And if we do not ascend to that crisis, the levels in which we were threatened at the Great Depression, when we were threatened in World War II, if we do not ascend to those levels, if we tell the American public that we are more willing to invest and bail out big banks than we are willing to invest in our farmers and our urban families, then I don't know what we're here doing. I don't know what we're here doing. Do you have faith in people like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez? Oh, yeah. Um, I love her. I think she's wonderful. You know, for someone who heard personal narrative is that a year ago she was working as a waitress in a restaurant with no health care or anything. You know, that's sort of came out recently. And for her to sit and constantly be interviewed and asked questions, she's wonderfully learned on these topics and on these subjects that range from a variety of ways just to see a leader that can articulate and form an opinion uh that's impassioned and not misdirected um i think she's the future of america quite mm. frankly i have to ask you this are you expecting on taking your water box out of flint soon um we would not take the water box out we would there will be more water boxes in flint with the church uh and then other areas of flint that particular water box that works in flint works because there's pavement and concrete 
um, in a scenario that's much more remote, you would just have to have to have the form factor be a little different. Mm -hmm. And you would also have to have a solar and a battery on top of that. And you would have to have a pump depending on the water input. So there's different, you know, scenarios in the U S I mean, if you just Google poor water quality in the U S you can look at Baltimore, you can look at Detroit, uh, Trent, New Jersey, Philadelphia, even parts in West, uh, there's other parts in Michigan that are having issues on the other side of the state. They have, issues from other industrial processes that tends to come in environments where there maybe was fac factories that were making like maybe things with Teflon, you know, Teflon, like, yeah, Teflon. And it's dumped into the water and it's bad. It's just, you know, on the, on the same level as, as lead. So we would be really interested in, in box, you know, six, seven, and eight being ones that are specifically tailored to take out Teflon. Um, and then, as I said, we'd like to do, we would like to do ones in environments that don't have electrification. So off grid with solar plus storage. That's very important to us. Um, yeah, it's just the beginning. We're, we're just. To date, the most senior official to be charged is Nick Lyon, Director of Michigan's Department of Health and Human Services, who is standing trial for involuntary manslaughter in the deaths of two men. And also, the Michigan Civil Rights Commission concluded that the poor governmental response to the Flint crisis was a result of systemic racism. The newest information we've got of the Flint water crisis is that the city of Flint will use data and modern technology to replace the remains of the water pipes that are still polluting the water of some areas of the city. Thank you very much to Zahara, Ahmad and Drew Fitzgerald for being a part of this podcast. I also wanted to thank Shana Cave for the advice she provided me. This is El Teléfono Rojo. And I am Ignacio Fernández Vázquez. See you next time.